Hello and welcome to the Wendercast, a podcast about all things concerning the Metaverse Football League. We are your hosts, Calvinator and Jimbo, and together we will discuss the latest MFL updates, transfers and developments. One important note, this is not financial advice. Do your own scouting or hire a director of Metaverse Football. Jimbo, who do we have in the studio today? Today, we've got the return of a man who we brought on the show. Feels like years ago, well actually it was last year, in episode 5 of our captain's chat. It's a man who loves squirrels so much and he also loves wearing fancy, fancy looking football shirts, which he's got on today. Hopefully he might give a little description of us for him when we intro him. It's none other than Captain Taggard. How are you, my mate? I'm doing, I'm doing good. Good yeah, stuff. It's been a little bit. There's been some different changes, some words mentioned by everybody at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must have been, what, what season... When have you episode five, and that must have been what October, maybe midway through season two, we uh we first yeah. got you on the pod, and now we're just about starting season zero point four, and um we'll, we'll get into a little bit about how everyone's pre-season tournaments are going so far, but um yeah, do you want to quickly just let everyone know, for the audio listeners, what um what football shirt you've got on there? I have a jersey from Pescara Calcio. Italian Serie B. Um, it was a fan design. They ran a competition during COVID lockdown. So I think they wore it for one match. But on this jersey, it's blue with a dolphin jumping up from the waves, going after a soccer ball with a rainbow going above yeah. behind the dolphin. And the, it's, it, very it's nice. not like a subtle. It's like it's a it's a huge rainbow going across like a third of the third of the front of the kit. It look it looks brilliant. You did say I'm going to wear a wacky kit, and I said surely not another Manchester United one. But no, you've turned up. You've turned up with an absolute banger. <laughs> You're welcome. Very original one. Yeah. Should be for my team for Black Sea actually. The Dolphins. Yeah. Was that the inspiration? You know what I mean? Yeah. They stole it from me. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a good look. <laughs> Jumping yeah. up from the waves. Nice, Damn. very nice one, very nice. So yeah, we've got Taggard on. We've got him back. We're going to be chatting all things tactics, tactics with Taggard. Lovely bit of lovely bit of wordplay there. So we're going to jump straight into the weekly updates. But before we do that, worth mentioning Tuesday we have the Wendirk stream, the final live stream of this or final drop of this um, series. So it will just be standard and rare packs available. But I think there's still some juicy players to still be packed. So we'll be streaming then. I think we've got, you know, a nice quiz coming along for Tuesday. Is that right, Calvinator? Yes. So no Wender Cup this time. Um, but we'll do, again, some activities, quizzes, interactive games. Probably going to use a Blue Cat again, one of my favorite tools to do <laughs> such little games. Um, yeah. With questions about football in general and MFL, and there's quite some new features and content to to make questions about. Yeah. So I'll try my best to make a very fun quiz. Join us, participate. So you can win some cool prizes again, and just yeah, come hang out with us. So it will be fun. 
for sure. Yeah, exactly. So be there or lose every single game for the rest of the season, 0.4. That's how it goes. Yes. Because... Without further ado, let's get into the weekly updates. How's um how's everyone doing so far in the preseason tournaments? How how's the clubs going? Taggard, as a guest, how's the three clubs in your organization getting on in this preseason tourney? We're we're learning. <laughs> we're learning. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh so yeah, this is recording Sunday. Park Street had a game a little bit earlier. Um got completely demolished. Ooh, scoreline. Trying to f- four zero. Same, mate. I got smashed 4 0 today as well. <laughs> so, uh, it's going to take a rewatch. Uh, try to get through it again. Only thing I could think of is I ran a 3 4 3, and it's been vulnerable against faster strikers. These strikers weren't necessarily the quickest, but they were running 4 2 2 2. I have to think they were playing direct and just got in behind and had one on ones with the keeper. But XG of over three that they gave up. Our XG was like oh. 1.7 something, so we couldn't finish anything. They had a penalty. It was bad. Couldn't finish their nuts, mate. Couldn't finish their nuts. No. This is maybe already a nice disclaimer. Like We're going to talk about tactics, <laughs> but we're definitely maybe not the experts here ourselves. It's just We're also learning, we're also trying, but we give like the way we see it interpreted later, right? So, yeah, I also lost like 4-1 and 3-0 today with two teams, so. We're all getting hammered uh, yeah. in the preseason tourney, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I lost four. I lost four nil today. I was four nil down within thirty six minutes. Um, I think I conceded four shots because she conceded four goals. I was, I was just like, it's just not going to be my day. I was like, even if we score one or two, I just know when a team has a hundred percent conversion rate in the first half, you just know it's not going to be your day. So I think we've got a game coming up in twenty two minutes time. Um, so hopefully uh, the Wyverns do better then. But that was the first loss of the group. We've won. We've won the previous three, um, and then got smacked four 0 So um, we'll dive in later about my tactical decisions so far. Um, but maybe Sundays aren't the best best days for us to um, to have our games on. <laughs> <laughs> Could be, yeah, yeah. But I think it's really right now. It's just testing, experimenting, and yeah, and. Well, we'll talk about this later, but also for me, it's a lot to learn. For everyone, a lot to learn, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's uh, the conclusion. Dev updates. Do you have the honor, Jimbo? Or... Yeah, I'll do the honor. Yes, yeah, so obviously we had dev updates as per on the uh, on the Friday. And I think the top of that list, they're talking about the referral program. We know it's been sort of in development for the last couple of weeks, if not a little bit longer. And it, it's basically there and ready to go um hopefully sort of mid next week that'll be happening um you know the referral tracking moderation dashboard for manual reviews which is great so it's sort of like yes it's automatic but they can just have that manual intervention if people are trying to you know game the system or get an unfair advantage using the referral system which is nice and uh i say taggard shouts out yak shouts out um jordan for 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 setting up substantial amounts of 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 testnet flow accounts to uh to sort of practice all these and then we've got a bit about the engine updates currently revamping the shooting mechanics so the revamp now integrates the game's physics a bit more effectively and so the outcomes are directly influenced by the trajectory of the ball and the goalkeeper's ability to intercept in a timely manner so rather just than sort of a more formulaic or process mobile shooting it's sort of more 
natural and towards the engine side. Um, so shooters will have the autonomy to decide where to aim along with sort of precision and power behind their shots. So sort of really nice to see sort of individual parts of the engine being revamped. And what this also does introduce is a possibility for own goals as well. So, you know, we're going to get a few more Harry Maguires. We might be able to actually <laughs> figure out who's going to be the MFL Harry Maguire now because we're going to get um, own goals being introduced into, into the engine as well. And as always, JC, not long ago, he was on the podcast. Juan Carlos doing his testing and providing feedback for the improved realism and stat accuracy. And then just to sort of finish off a few sort of, I guess, uh, technical bits on their test environment. Sort of their, I think they had some scheduled server maintenance and whatever. But one neat piece of news that the tactics saving feature is essentially ready, which Yaks just, just whipped up, it seems, within, I think we've all been wanting it to have, be able to save tactics and have them as presets for just particular formations, etc. Um, like attacking or a defensive preset you may have already made. And I think maybe after a few people sort of badged on about it within general chat, he then just posted a screenshot and was like, something like this. And we're like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, this man, this man gets it. So hopefully, well, he said coming next week, tactic saving feature and um, refill program. So yeah, busy, busy time. Um, and hopefully some new nice additions coming next week. Yeah. Anyone want to add, add to any of that at all? Well, I was wondering if you guys have people to refer. Let's say you have some... Did you wait for them to tell them about MFL and now referral program is here and I, get people in? I so rare canary, who's a friend of mine, he, months ago, I was like, there could be a referral program coming hold up and then i don't i think any news of it came for like ages and i was like nah mate just getting just getting a season 0.4 while you can <laughs> um so i mean i would have suggested him and it's quite you know i think he's probably just um over the threshold but obviously like signed up and stuff but right now no but you know with this incentive on incentives coming along um i have to get my little i have to get my little business card out and go wandering around <laughs> norwich trying to hire some new recruits at the stadium next saturday for a home game <laughs> Very nice. Take it. I have a few friends that I've mentioned MFL2 previously, so they've heard me talking about it. Might be a little bit more of a push to, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. join now. Use this link. Join now. <laughs> yeah, I think it will be the same for, for most managers. Like You all have your friends who are into football gaming or both, or NFTs or blockchain. And then now, yeah, you have this link, right? You can send them a link promise them something i don't know what but maybe a pack or so I, yeah I, I can already see like the first day it gets released just mfl twitter just being like everyone just posting <laughs> the link or something <laughs> it's just like oh can you yeah. tell the referral program just come out today guys because it's gonna be like link 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 <laughs> definitely <laughs> well let's hope hope it works let's say let's hope we can get a lot of people in to be really really cool um what else about the updates? Well, yeah, shout out to Yax for, for really fixing uh, that quickly. Yax bomb. Yeah, and um, what's also exciting is that, like, apparently things exist such as, like, shot trajectories. So hopefully that's also, like, a little glimpse that may be 2D, you know? They can apparently look at those things. He's so dropped a few hints, I feel, during the yeah. week. He was like, oh, wouldn't it be good if he had 2D? It's like, mm. man, just 
just stop with the teasers. Just, mm-hmm. just like, just, just, just do a, 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 you know, a spontaneous release like you've done with a lot of features over the last couple of months. Just don't no, no mm-hmm. announcement. Oh, just drop history. it. Just drop it whenever you want. I'd rather that. Just it's, drop it. I know. It's that Friday morning in the U.S. where somebody goes on a place of friendly and goes, "Oh, twenty-two players." Yeah. And yeah. then the dev update update comes out like two hours later. <laughs> yeah, it'll be funny. I'm it's sure very, that's how we'll do it. Yeah, very casual, like, oh yeah, here it is. So after the dev update, I want to get your two's opinion in the BFC Discord. The shooting update, the conversation automatically turned to how tall is your goalkeeper? Will height matter more for goalies? Mm, uh, this is actually an interesting one. I genuinely think height already matters for goalkeepers. To an extent, I found out recently, and maybe not found out, but sort of got the idea from some of my goalkeeper performances. Just to point out there, my goalkeeper is 6'5 and 19 years old. Not the age matters, but the height is 6'5. Like, this guy is tall. And he often has games where he just drops like five, six plus saves a game. And I generally start to think that height, if it's not having an impact, will have more of an impact. And that's something that I've already thought about in my mind. So if someone's got like a five seven goalkeeper, I'm like, I ain't touching you, mate. I don't fancy putting, you know, Messi in goal. No, you just wouldn't do that, would you? That's my take. Well, we All also my goalkeepers we are like five ten look for. <laughs> <laughs> but when we open packs, right, you also refer to it always. Like we look at goalies and then oh height, what about height? And eventually it will play a role. So yeah, and maybe it already does. We don't know. It's not confirmed, but. Yeah. yeah, was that was was that the consensus in the in the ballers chat Tagar that like it will have more of an impact or something along those lines? Yeah, because it says um, what does it say? Goalkeeper's ability to intercept it in a timely manner. So that extra four or five inches from a six four six five goalie versus somebody who's under six foot, maybe that makes a difference in making those sprawling saves. And then I also that's when I realized like all my goalkeepers are five ten and lower, so. We'll find out. I I think five eleven's like the lowest I'd ever go for a goalkeeper height. Yeah, my sixteen year old goalkeeper's five nine, so got that. Maybe going for him. maybe give him some you know some sporting enhanced you know I guess say drugs. We'll call it drugs, right? You know to boost his height a bit. Um, when can uh, we use NFL points to buy enhancement <laughs> drugs? Is what you're saying. Yeah, or you know, just go out the and medieval then, route and just stretch them out on like a board or something like that. And then use MFL points to pay off the drug testing so they don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have it like, have it like, or we'll have it like pro clubs on FIFA where you just like, you can just, just you know, you can just add his height to like six foot nine, and you can you know, have MFL points just change some of the players. Like you know, want to give him you know really long legs, you know, make, like re- make him really skinny or really big. You can do that, you know. <laughs> I think Barcelona really did this with Messi, by the way. Like, he had this growing... Oh, yeah, I heard about this. Yeah, they they gave him this, uh, I don't know, medicine or injections or something to make... It was when he was, like, 14 or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, so maybe MFL points. You you know you're talking about their tag, about about drug testing and stuff like that. (laughs) Did you know that um, Diego Maldon used to have a fake prosthetic, Johnny, we'll call it, that he used to have for um, after Napoli games? And that Napoli sort of like helped him with that because he used to t- do cocaine loads. Do you know that? There's some fun facts here. On the... And the and and and, <laughs> and, and and the fake and the fake. Oh, we'll just I can say Willie, right? The fake the fake Willie, it got it got stolen 
it was in a museum and it got stolen. No one knows where Maradona's fake willy is now. <laughs> so someone's got a fake willy in their house that Maradona used to use to, to, to bypass the Italian um, uh, uh, my drug drug checkers. Random one. How you much would that, that go for an auction at this point? <laughs> I reckon that goes for millions, you know. It, it would be over a million easily, I'd imagine. Okay. I think it's high time for a season update, guys. <laughs> I think so as well, mate. I think so as well. <laughs> this little detour about growth hormones and and fake willies. Um, <laughs> so I have here in front of me the pre-season, pre-season tourney tier one ranking of the four groups. Um, I don't know if you guys also have this page open. You can maybe look at it briefly to, to see... Uh, how teams are doing well for sure meta mercenaries is top in group one so they really already have a good start to season 0.4 what i notice is dio's team bistone milano is bottom in group four so again not the best start to a season and apart from that it looks like quite normal uh, quite some platinum teams are doing really well i mean i mean the, the key takeaway for me is i think you've got you've got two of, you've got ronan's diamond and plat leading their groups respectively and you if you're also ronan's looking, gold oh is it gold Kido's sorry Kido's sorry it's, gold it's a bit like it's a bit is it a bit like your silver team is it you know is, is it, is it yes. one of those yeah except okay. my silver team isn't performing as well ah okay, yeah yeah the, the ones that the squirrels can't crack can't can't quite crack their nuts um I know. so you've got ronan's diamond and gold teams leading group one and group four and if you also look at the leaderboards for scorers and assists you've also got ronan's gold um gold and diamond teams leading the top two in both those leaderboards as well so you know so ronan is doing very well yeah so follow what that man does gold keeper is tied for fourth in saves is he yes and is he tall? That's a question. Is he tall? Is he tall? Just a quick one. Is he tall? Yeah. Quick check. He is five foot six. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe the shortest keeper that I've seen. <laughs> so our theory... Uh, no, I don't know if it's already... Uh, is a theory. It's a theory. It's a theory. Yeah. Good yeah. help. Good help. Yes. So, conclusion. Ronan had a great start to... Yeah, Ronan's uh, popping off the season. So and yeah... Dio has Dio, not. Dio not. Dio not. Parque Ibirapuera is also doing well again. They always keep performing pretty well. Bowler second in their group, group two. Basil as a Diamond League bottom underperforming, but it's still early, right? Four games in. So yeah, we're basically halfway we through know. the groups, yeah. aren't we? It's just a little indication, I would say, of, yeah. of season 1.4, how the teams are doing here. Time for marketplace updates, and a lot happened this week again. So last week we had a crazy market week, but I think also this week, uh, yeah, loads of trades, loads of uh, purchases on the marketplace. So let's go over a couple of them. Um, first, shout out to some new active managers. So Hatter, uh, Metaverse Noise, he's been very active. A new name we saw in Salesbot. I just saw, just checked Scared Koala. Never seen that name. Nice to see him. And Scotto, you all probably seen this name in SalesBot. He's bought so many rares, like a ton of rares, so very active. Also, Guitarero, ton of players, two new clubs. So he's really kind of uh, stacking his uh, 
consortium. Uh, Lamb Web3 got another club. Loads of players for Jokos to gaan Spice Weasel. So, yeah, a lot of market activity there. And now probably we should look at a massive trade and splash of the week. What shall we do first? Let's look at the trades first because yeah. that was that was four four days ago at time recording, the twenty fourth. We had you know just I think within you know within twelve hours of each other we had two massive trades come in. Um, first one Dio and Ronan, and then the second one was Scrub and Dio. Yeah, Dio. So Dio's yeah. so Dio's Dio got two two very highly rated uh, left wingers. That's also interesting. Yeah, both left wingers. Just, just casually like low nineties players just getting chucked around and trades like they're common players basically, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which which is which is great to see. And a lot of the people's emoji reactions um, sort of showed what the what the community thought of that. Lots of you know ninety three rated Damien, not pronouncing that surname. Um, yeah, you can do that one. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But yeah, some absolutely unreal trades going on. And like you said, you said they're both left wingers. Yeah, so that's interesting. So I was like looking, checking that. Like, is he going to play both of them in the Bistone Milano team? Uh, but actually, Tyson is now at Bollers FC. So he's part of the, the Dow team. And Maciejewski plays for Bistone uh, Milano. So that's how he solved that problem. He's not going to play both on the, the same squad. Yeah. yeah. But like to, to say that... Oh, sorry, Tiger. I think part of the deal for Ronan to trade Lars was Dio keeps him at um, Ballers FC for this season, but I th- I think the plan for Dio is to bring him back to his team. Okay. okay. So I think Damien will probably end up playing on the right and Lars on the left, but it's going to be de- definitely something he's going to figure out. Yeah. And do you think, I'm interested uh, take it also in your opinion, so Dio traded his 93 left winger for a 92 legendary, an 85 legendary, and an 84 rare. Do you think that's... for Who, who had a bargain here, let's say? Who... I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't have any of the 90 overall players, so the difference between yeah. a 90 and a 93, 94, I'm not quite sure what it is, yeah. but clearly Dio wanted those 93 left wingers. And was willing to trade a couple ninety twos and more for them. Yeah, yeah. So in the other deal, it's a ninety three is Lars Tyson for a ninety two and eighty seven. Yeah. So it's like multiple legendaries, even a ninety two, which is almost at same rating as those two ninety three left wingers. So yeah, he really wants this quality um, instead of maybe the quantity. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah, they're both well, definitely they're the best left wingers in the game. They're almost the best attackers in the game. So. Yeah, Dio now bo- uh, both owns those two guys. So, yeah, massive trade for him. So let's see how they're going to do. Is it time, gentlemen, to do our together piece of Splash of the Week? So yes. I'll count us down and we'll all just say it. Say it how you want it to, high pitch, low pitch, whatever you want to do. I'm going to go three, two, one, and then we're going to go, and it's Splash of the Week. Like the week is, you know, extended out. Yes. Are you right. both ready? We are, we are. Three, two, one. Splash, Splash of the week. week. <laughs> Not sure how that's going to sound post uh, post recording, but um, it was great. So yeah, Splash of the week. 
We've got a we've got a top three. I'm going to go for a podium. Well, actually, there's not a third place. We've got two joint second places, which were Gitarera and Siege with 450 USD purchases for a 85 overall and an 86 overall. But coming in at this week's splash of the week is our man Eric Barberic purchasing an 87 rated right back for five hundred dollars and calvinator i'm going to come to you again if you'd like to do the honors of pronouncing this guy's name yes. uh, cesare adamiak there you go polish right back 21 rated i think that's a proper good pronunciation from you far better than probably myself mm-hmm. and taggard probably you two could do as well much better than us yeah <laughs> i'm american yeah well, <laughs> well yeah well, we're we're uh we're both pretty horrendous at accents uh pronunciations um in our country so that's why that's why i've got calvinator on here with me <laughs> one of my expertise pronouncing yeah, pronouncing exactly. uh, names of players yes but great splash we all agree right yeah great. and i think all those splashes came literally within like a couple of hours of each other because they're on the trade but on the sales spot they're all next to each other um i think here we've got like a half an hour between a couple of them so i think you know, on the same day, we had 92, 93 legendary players getting bounced around. And then we had, you know, early level legendary players getting sold as well. So lots of legendary players transferring ownership this week, which is great to see. Yes, very but, active. But the only legendary player that we care about, really, really care about, is Dirk. How is Dirk doing calvinator well not so good because he played only two out of four matches of the meta mercenaries um, in the preseason tournament and that probably has to do with the formation so in a 4-2-2-2 uh, that Ronin played there is no dirk because he's a right midfielder so he would get a really big hit playing or in the defensive midfielder or attacking midfielder position but in the 4-2-3-1 that uh, Ronan played the last match in, he did play as right midfielder in there, and that is his primary position, so you get like the full potential of Dirk there. Um, did he, let's say, perform, let's say, when he was giving this chance to start again? Well, he had one assist in two matches and one yellow card. So it's not like he, he performed, well, let's say, okay, decent, let's say, one assist. I think, yeah, I think if we break down his stats and we'll go slightly further into it, I think in the two games he played, he had about six shots, though. Let me have a look at this quickly. Yeah, so the the two games he played so far, he's, he's, had, he's had four shots and three of them on target. So, I, you know, it, it might be worth us looking at how those cam players are doing in the four triple two. But I think for a right mid, those aren't horrendously um, poor shots, shot, you know, statistics. Mm. But, I mean, he's got, an assist every every 90 minutes which i guess ain't bad is it but yeah just interesting to see the rotations being in play but i guess it's what the pre-season tournaments right it's there for right to, to test these things out and like you said he's quite limited to playing in the right mid position because that's where his prime position is right it's also interesting for ronin now like if he's gonna stick with one or the two he might have to reshuffle and loan out if he sticks with four two 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 maybe he loans out dirk to another diamond club right so that might 
we'll see. It might be interesting to uh, yeah development there. It's another trade coming. Yeah, you never know. Never know. Just some big. Imagine if Dirk left. Imagine if like. <laughs> It would be a big move, a very big move. Yeah. Well, it could be on a contract, right? Probably not a sale, but just uh, as a contract. Yeah. So, gone, 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 mate. No, no, no. I say like if he chooses this formation, it might it makes sense because otherwise you cannot play him. So yeah, you, you're losing MFL true. points then. And the final segment of the weekly updates is the why Dirk, and Taggart, you will have listened to the questions that we've been asking our guests over the last two, three weeks. We want your top three candy chocolate for those of you who aren't from across the pond. Um, top three right here, right now. Chocolate. What is it? It's the Hershey bar. Yep. Peanut butter Snickers squares. Squares. Ooh, I know heard of them. They mm-hmm. sound all right. So good. And Kit Kat. Kit Kat. Okay. No what Snickers. just? Just like the the four fingered Kit Kat or the two fingered Kit Kat, or do you not have those variants? Well, the two like fingers kind of like that, that like, like <laughs> those snack size that kids always get in Halloween. So I always end up snagging a few for my kids. But the four is the general convenience store that you get yeah. from. Bit of a silly question, really. Isn't it? You're not you're not gonna if you get if in America, you get the option between the small and the and and the large. You're not probably not gonna go for the small option for a snack, are you? So um, you know. Yeah, four finger Kit Kat. No, I rate it. I rate it decent. But also, we've got to be inclusive here, and we've got to ask for your top three vegetables. Yes. So Calvinator yeah. can also have his opinion and and weigh in on it Keep as it well. Healthy. Keep it healthy. Broccoli, potatoes, yes. carrots, carrots. Oh, that's an interesting one. I think I so think broccoli, I saw. Uh, we keep seeing broccoli in the top threes. I think broccoli's broccoli so good. Yes. I think broccoli's brilliant. I think I also saw someone say, um, might have been in the ballers chat or, or in the general chat, saying about this top three vegetables. This is sort of, they're asking, is it just if you have like a bowl of that vegetable or is it sort of just vegetables on a plate in general? Because I think the, 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 the topic of like onion was brought up, whereas you just wouldn't have onion by itself. <laughs> but it's quite a versatile vegetable in itself that it gets included in a lot of dishes. But I think here, I think... I don't think anyone's going to put onion in the top three. And let's be real now. Um, but we're more thinking of it from sort of... I guess in cooking, like, right? Using it in a, in a, in a dish or... I mean, yeah. onion might be like a top of everybody's just for like within dishes. It adds so much flavor. Yeah. Garlic, mm. onion, and then it's like... What smells so good? Starter pack. It's just garlic onion together. <laughs> yeah yeah true always chuck it in at the beginning yeah, yeah. great there we go i love our little segment about candy bars veggies and cooking now also we keep it sounds like it, this. it always feels like it's the most talked about bit of the podcast each week and it takes like yeah, two minutes of the, of the hour about MFL at all so yeah that says something <laughs> maybe all right well let's then start let's start then with the main segment we're gonna talk everything about uh, tactics, so tactics with Taggart. And well, we had a little, uh, let's say, sneak peek spoiler that we're kind of struggling ourselves with our team. So we might not be the biggest experts, but it's just our experiences. What do we think? Let's say when you select which thing, what do we believe it means? Or why would you pick the other? So just sharing our experiences and shining our light on it. 
So, um, Tiger, let's start with your first experiences. How has it been so far with team instructions? Initially, I love them. It's just how it's laid out. Easy to select what you what you want. The little info circles give you that little description of what each does. Allows you to really screw up your team. But at least you know it's your fault now. <laughs> yeah, it's not the no, engine's yeah. fault, it's your fault. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, first impression is this is great. Easy to use, easy to look at, easy to understand, kind of. Um, and yeah, then it just started playing around with them and seeing how bad I can screw it up, how good I think I made a team, and then redoing it all. Do you feel like you screwed up more than you've um, uh, got positive results out of your team instruction changes? <laughs> I think I found some things that I don't want to do. But okay, so not... you're, yes, okay, that's good. You're like you, you know, yeah. you eliminate. Sure. Yeah, no, I like that's, that's yeah. a good way to look at it. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I mean, the main one for me is maybe it's just my clubs. I maybe I don't have the defense for it, but for out of possession, playing out of defense rather than clearing the ball, that hasn't worked for me at this point. Maybe it's just I don't have the defense for it, but so I've generally been using more balance or clearing the ball more often. But I still play around with it every now and then trying to figure it out. I haven't yet. Well, we'll, we'll dive into each individual thing uh, in a second so we can discuss that. Maybe first in general. So Jimbo, what's your feeling with team instructions, playing around yeah. with them? Yeah, them? I, I think I'm probably in the same boat as Tagar there, to be fair, where I, I, I love, first of all, love, love the team instructions. Um, like you said, easy to understand you know got the information there to to assist you with just giving a bit of a better understanding just from the go ahead as to what each instruction does but i'm still in the boat where i feel like i've got a grasp on it and then i quite swiftly realize i do not have a grasp on it um so i think i'm just a lot a lot of tinkering but then not a lot of tinkering because i've always been in the boat that i don't want to change things too much and have knee-jerk reactions over particular results mm. so i'd say I'm in a better position than I was last week when I said I'm not really too sure at the moment. But we're, we're making progress. As long as we're making progress each week, positive steps, uh, and we're going up. That's my take. Nice. Yours? Yeah, well, I, well, first of all, I don't think I've tested enough yet, and I still didn't properly test stuff. And yeah, you're really tempted to, let's say you play a match, and now those this tournament it's pretty even, right? You're matched with groups and teams that are very uh, like the same level, and then you win and you have like free XG, like yeah, I'm a tactical genius, and then with the same tactics you lose four nil, and then you think oh no, it's totally wrong, and you change it again, right? Or you feel like I want to change it again, and I must admit I did change it then because of like oh this doesn't work, but yeah, that's just too chaotic right so you need to or be consistent and run it for the whole tournament that's what your plan is jimbo right run for the whole tourney yeah run and, it for like the group stage and the knockouts or something like that mm -hmm. otherwise i just never be able to really understand did my yes, change actually yeah. change something or is it just the run of the the play sort of thing yeah so it's very tempting to to lose one game you have low xg like okay this doesn't work let's change it up well it can maybe be like 
a bad dice roll, let's say, and, and you're very unlucky, or maybe, you know, it can be other reasons. So, well, we'll talk later, well, we're going to talk later a bit about testing, like how do you know if something works? So I'm curious what you, you guys will say that, but let's first maybe <laughs> go over each thing and then kind of what are your thoughts about it? Like what would you select normally and, and why? So the first one is for offensive instructions is attacking with. So what would you guys pick there or what do you prefer? I've personally, it's first of all, I think it's all dependent on formation, like some of these sort of the scaly ones like your width and pieces right these are where the formations have a bit more of an influence on what you're picking here um or probably most of the reason really um i tend f it i'm just gonna just give away all my tactics for the pre-season <laughs> tournament here right here right now so if you're in my group big wheel but i know you're in here as well um you're in my group i just just like giving it all away i tend to never go below 50 percent on this i i personally try to keep mine like in between the middle and like the about seventy five percent range towards the very towards the very wide. That's where I keep mine at usually. So slightly more wide. Yeah, slight slightly wide. Yeah, that's because I mainly run. I mainly run wide midfielders and four at the back as well, and that's just personally how I would want to play the game. And like when I watch football anyway, I like to see not massive width, but I still like to see more width than not. So it's a bit like it's a bit of personal bias in there, really, or confirmation bias, probably the the, the word. Um, but that that's my personal preference. Yeah. What would you take it? Yeah, I'm not too much different. I've been generally playing wider as well. Part of it is I have wide midfielders. I have left backs and right backs. I want to use them. I've played around with narrow. I've generally kept it wider or fifty percent. It's going to be some formation figuring out, but. I don't know. Yeah, it's that narrow. I feel like I need higher dribbling that I don't have to take advantage of the narrow. I'm probably wrong because why can't you attack from wide with dribbling? We've seen Mares do it for how long? I don't know. Yeah. But I've generally played wider since basically because I have wide midfielders, left right, left backs, right backs. So yeah, I also well I prefer wider, but it's also from just like playing football myself and field hockey, and it's like. If when you attack, you want to have enough space to or make a dribble or to make runs into the space, and in general, if you keep it tight, um, it's very hard to to attack. You want to make runs or drag defenders out of position. So, in a general principle of of offensive play in football, I think you need to create some spaces to keep it wide, to keep the field wide, and and make space for a, a striker to to head it in. If like if all defenders are in the box, you cannot make a, a header, right? But that's just a general principle. It's not based on MFL testing, but that's what I feel and <laughs> what you guys also feel, apparently. So we're all team wider in this sense. That's uh, the conclusion. Um, what about direct directness passing or direct controlled? I tend to let on a balanced one here. I did initially play controlled because i was like yeah let's 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 try and program the wyverns to be like man city quite quickly realize that you're probably not going to find man city in the iron league mm -hmm. um so you just get absolutely smashed by a few counters every now and then and like just quick direct balls at the top which is usually what happens in those low leagues anyway so personally i tend to stick with balanced or 
direct counter-attacking filth direct long balls <laughs> that's been my take on it same i think yeah like yeah we just used to like controlled passing is really yeah high level like barcelona tiki taka man city like this constant <clears throat> passing around um it seems not very like more risky to do or it's not gonna do you know get a lot of results yeah than direct or balanced play so I don't play enough midfielders in the center of the park to feel like that um, having like control would do well. I used to rock like a four-one-two-one-two, and in my head, I've only got really sort of like your center backs. Maybe it's CDMs and your cams might benefit a lot from that. Um, and I don't think I've either got the wingers that have great passing stats anyway that I can try and you know. Uh, take advantage of a more controlled approach um but yeah taggard thoughts directness i've used all three <laughs> kind of uh, kind of formation and then i've played a lot of friendlies it's what i do so i've switched between controlled balance and direct just playing the same person over and over trying to get a sense of what they're doing if it's beating me switching it up a little bit and it seems to make a difference i've played really controlled and done well and then it seemed like i didn't ask but the team was pressing a lot and i was giving the ball up so i switched it to balance and the game shifted back and forth a lot more than it had previously so i thought it made a difference so yeah i've kind of switched it around depending on formation kind of how i want to play and just scouting i need to try to scout better but just playing friendlies and seeing the seeing the difference that happens in friendlies it's 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 a hard choice to make i think but probably with many of those things like yeah uh, 2d will help greatly with this um to to analyze it a bit better see see (laughs) shout out to the i I want 2d just to analyze my game from today that i got destroyed yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay i want to see how the goals happened what about flank preference? I think that's quite interesting one because it feels very unnatural maybe to 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 play asymmetric kind of to have more more right or left. I've wing. just started playing around with this. And I've then... never changed it. I've never I don't think I've ever changed it. I don't dare. <laughs> <laughs> I've just started playing around with it and my thinking is if you're going against like a back four or back five, probably more than a back three, if like a right back or left back is significantly stronger than the other attacking down the other flank i don't know if it does anything yet i've started playing around with it but maybe there's something there it sounds like a good plan to me for sure i i've played one i've played a few games and i won but i don't know if it was because of that but and then i also don't know if prioritizing either flank would mean they're attacking more if i have crosses high doesn't mean they're crossing more to the other side it, i don't know all that yet I'm not I sure if I will, but... With Black Sea, I have this right mid. He has 94 dribbling uh, in, like, Bronze League level. Uh, or, or, like, Black uh, Silver League, sorry. Um, so, and his defense is low, while the left mid has very high defense. So, from that point of view, it makes more sense to maybe let him attack and let that other guy do the defending a bit more. Um, but, yeah. We don't know, also, if that really works, but it's just... It makes sense, like what you said there, like if you have a very strong right back or a very weak left back, put more pressure on the left back, do more attacks there, yeah. So 
then you have to do your scouting and, and try that out, I think. But sounds good. Um, long shots, crossing, dribbling, maybe those three we can kind of get together as it's all like a different option for different styles of, of attacking, I would say. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go first here. So um, I'll go with dribbling first, actually. I've always kept this on balance, but I did, try, I did try to play around with this because I saw in the marketplace there was like an uncommon player for four or five dollars who had like 87 dribbling. I was like, do you know what? This is the prime candidate to have flank preference and the dribbling team instruction to sort of, you know, to focus on. And I had an 80, 87 dribbling and I think my other winger had 85. And I thought, right, this is the prime time um, to use dribble more often. Did I know the effects? What happened? Could I tell? No. Mm-hmm. So I put it back to balanced again. But that that's, I will admit mainly that was because it was like late night analysis when I was on my phone, whereas I actually sat down at my computer, you know, really delving into this and understanding it a bit more. Um, but yeah, crossing for me, I did like to have it on cross more often, but at the moment, it's formation dependent, single striker, cross less often for me at the moment. Um, double striker or playing three up top, maybe go for cross more often. Long shots. I've not got the shooting ability for taking more long shots. So I've always kept this on balanced or take less long shots for me at the moment. I've <laughs> kind of been on all over the place with them all at this point. Initially for shots, I did take less long shots because... I mean, last season, it would be every time there's a shot outside the box, just getting frustrated because they went in like once every 10. But then starting through this, it seems like all shots are kind of going in once through every 10. So I've started playing around more with balance and take more long shots. And it is kind of formation, like playing one up top. I've kind of started tending towards more balance or long shots because you don't get as many shots with one up top. If you're waiting to take less, um, if I notice a team is really hunkering, playing a really low block, I'll usually try to shoot further out, just get a few more shots off. I still like taking less long shots because getting those shots right in front of goal, kind of nice, but yeah, you just need people to finish. Crossing, I like I've already said, I have a lot of outside mids and outside backs, so I tend to cross more. I haven't really tried crossing left less often yet so not quite sure what that will do dribbling i've kind of bounced it around i've tried the cross more often dribble more often but i don't know if that did anything besides confuse players on what to do (laughs) so i usually will have one more often one balanced every now and then i'll do a less often but it's usually one or the other and i'm typically more crossing at this point i haven't messed around too much with single up top, double up top, three up top, if I'm going to cross more or not. But yeah, there's a lot to look at. But for me, it's also a bit of a, a struggle between personal uh, experience and overall kind of philosophy of like what I think a good football is and then maybe what will work in MFL, right? That can also be two different things. So I really hate when I play football myself, like guys will keep shooting like from distance and they always miss. It's just so dumb. And then, uh, or on TV, right? It's like 1-0 and then they have, it's like a, the Dutch team plays at 15 minutes and out of desperation, they keep shooting from 30, 40 meters out. It's just, 
so frustrating. So I really am against long shots. But as you said last, uh, or with that engine before, all those long shots went in. So maybe then you should pick more long shots. Um, crossing, yeah, I would say uh, depends on indeed the formation you play. Maybe from if you play big wingers like four three three, makes more sense to cross more with those wingers. Um, and four two three one maybe then more long shots. Dribbling, I'm kind of a fan of of more more dribbling, but that's also because I think that makes things happen in in football to have like a creative player making some dribbles. Um, yeah, if it works, that's a second thing. But if I have guys with high dribbling in my team, I feel like they should make stuff happen, do some dribbles. So, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a struggle I have between what I feel like good football is and what works in MFL or f- works for my teams. But, uh, yeah, so we've all got slightly varying opinions on a lot of the in-possession yes. um, instructions. Obviously, not just got that, we've got out-of-possession as well. Team depth and compactness, two more widey, scaly influences. Mm-hmm. Taggard, what's your quick take? What's your current focus on either of these at the moment? Or still varying? Still varying. I really want to play a high line, but I haven't had a lot of success with it. I'm too scared as well, mate. <laughs> it. I mean, I've played Dane's Gauchos so much and their strikers are fast and it seems like every time I play a high line he's putting two or three past me and I drop <laughs> it down low and it's maybe one if it gets two's rare so yeah. it it's like I want to be I'd love to be have a high line play aggressive and take it but maybe I just don't have the deep defense on my forward line to really be able to do it at this point so typically I'm playing more mid or low block keeping my defense a little bit lower and then for compactness, I don't spread out very much. Typically, I usually keep it fifty percent or lower. I've tried wider, but it just—I don't know. Just for me, it seems like it makes too many lanes. I don't know if it actually does, but just looking at the defense so spread out on the screen, I hate it. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. That's, I'm, I'm the same. Compactness, I literally keep in the middle most times, and the depth is probably about thirty percent low. That's what I usually keep it at. I'm too scared of the high line, not got the pace on some of my centre-backs for it. And same with compactness. When you see those blue dots start widening, I'm like, that's a lot of space for them to attack in there, so I'm not going to keep it nice and uh, nice and spread out. Yeah. Um, I think, for me, it's, again, this this vision. Like, you want your defence to be a bit more compact to not give enough space for, for strikers to make a move or... Uh to yeah to to have enough space to shoot or or head uh, in the penalty box so i tend to make it more compact and same with high lines yeah i i'm a bit afraid of those that space in the back of the the back four or the back three i usually play back four and to have too much space in the back um, might depend against stronger teams or weaker teams right if you're much stronger you you can put that pressure on and, and keep a, a higher line and against uh, a weaker side, you might yeah park the bus more and just do super low block. Um, so I'm so. I'm thinking out loud now with everybody, all three of us saying we usually go a little bit deeper and more compact. I wonder if playing a high wide, you should have a more spread out defense to be able to trap and be a bit more aggressive. You don't have as much ground to cover to get to the ball if somebody if the opposite teams trying to spread the yeah. ball wide or something like yeah. that. Yeah, if, if, if you want a high press, so we'll, 
we'll, we'll go on to that now actually so the trigger press and the aggressiveness pieces you can imagine if you want if you wanted to have more often to have the trigger press you'd probably want to play a higher line and, and you, maybe i would think you probably want to spread compact. out a little bit more too because i like my defense compact so maybe that's part of why just getting it, beat so much but is 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 tightness is obviously it's not just up and down it's like if you're defending a if they've got a throw on their own corner flag, you want to get nice and tight. You know, the classic, like, box them in. That yeah. sort of approach to it, right? Which I guess, I don't know how much of out of possession that is, but I feel that you're right. I think if you want to play the the trigger press or the gegen press, what you want to call it, um, high line, and then maybe that maybe that's where it's good to have a little bit of a play. We should have a play around. Is the tight block or the spread out better for the, the controlled approach to... To, to the beautiful game yeah i agree with you jimbo here like if you have a super high line uh it's it's better to keep it wider so those two things seem to go together if yeah. you have a high line you want to be pressing up the field and not right uh, already when you're in your own half so i've agreed that one aggressiveness i'm just gonna just throw my two cents first more aggressive my teams are playing like the crazy gang Wimbledon, getting like three red cards every game. I feel if I put it on like more aggressive, I think if you combo more aggressive with more often press, I feel like I just get destroyed. <laughs> Cat, kitty on the screen for those obviously you can't see tag on the screen right now. We got we got we got a fourth guest of the pod, but yeah, aggressiveness. Calvinator, what what's your thoughts on the aggressiveness? Well, so far I've always kept it balanced. Um... Almost of all my tactics, but I recently actually moved two teams up to like really aggressive and they didn't get extra cards and they did win. So again, is that correlation causation or is it just luck or whatever? I don't know, but it might work sometimes. Like if you, if it doesn't result in more cards, then they should be more aggressive. But yeah, I didn't really test it enough. And also no feeling like yeah. I feel like balance should be okay. You know, like a normal level of aggressiveness should be okay. Yeah, I typically will keep it kind of balanced too. I've had some games playing aggressive where I just get like six, seven, eight cards. And it just turns into, I got six yellow cards. Who knows what's going to happen in the final 20 minutes of the game. And then the 83rd minute, here's a red card. It's like, oh God, hold on. But... Yeah, I've played. I typically keep a balance because I want some aggressiveness. I've played more aggressive, played less aggressive. It seems like more aggressive does tend to get more cards, but not guaranteed. Yeah, I, you you're more often to have those games where you get like two cent off, for example. I feel I feel like those those have been more frequent recently. I find that I have it on more aggressive i might not get many cars in the game but next game i'll make an up for it all right i'm getting like you said six seven bookings maybe like an early 15 minute you know bath for one of my players that sort of thing but i think yeah couple that would trigger the more often trigger press i think that if you're an underdog could be a recipe for disaster sometimes yeah and then i also started thinking about the dev update with own goals coming to think well being more or less aggressive factor into own goals well, Harry Maguire be more aggressive in heading him back to his goalkeeper. Like, you know. Well, I mean, it's one of those things where usually the own goals come with the defender kind of hanging off and not closing down fast enough, and then they stick a foot out trying to block it into flex. Yeah. So if you're less aggressive, does that mean 
that's more likely to happen or is going to be you're more aggressive and sticking your foot out trying to clear the cross. I'm just interested how it's going to play out. That's all. Yeah. yeah. So final one then. I'll take a comment. Do you want to chime in then? Sorry. No, well, only thing about this aggressiveness is we don't have any suspensions yet at all, right? So no, it, like yeah. yellow cards don't hurt. The only thing that hurts is is a is a straight red, uh, and pretty early in the game, I think it's if you already have two nil up and a red card, it's still okay. So right now, it might actually be beneficial to to play a bit more aggressive if you have the occasional red in the let's say the fourth quarter, and and it helps you to win games or to win the ball more often and get more chances. So. Without suspension, it might actually be good to play a bit more aggressive. Yeah, and and the final one out of possession clearances. Are you trying to play out from the back, or are you just trying to like just if in doubt kick it out? What's the approach? Well, I can start with this. Uh, or balanced, of course. I think it's connected with this controlled passing, right? If you play controlled passing, you want to play it from the back, and the proper football is playing it. Out of from the back and not kick and rush. Proper football. Yeah, this, like well, that's, proper that's, that. Dutch school. Good football. Is, it, is this going to be the Dutch English debate <laughs> Dutch going school, on now? Dutch school. How did the World Cup go for you last time? But you know, when when you start performing well as a nation, you I can think, start I saying the we, Dutch we the Dutch way in the game. More recently than you guys in the head, our final in the World Cup. But anyway, um, oh, that was decades ago. It's just, mate. It's just the, the total football school. Like you play out from the back, you keep passing, and and not like it's you, you might lose the goal with uh, the ball uh, by uh, just clearing it. It's it's just you keep losing the ball, and you have to get it back again. So, of course, I prefer control passing, but if you are, yeah, it's more risky. You need to have the players for it, especially in a preseason tournament with everyone pretty much at the same level. I guess balanced will be better or clearing. Yeah. Of course, controlled passing sounds nice. Yeah. So what we've identified from all this, actually, sorry, I've just interrupted Taggart. We've not got your say on clearances, mate. What's your say on clearances? Maybe it's, I don't have the team for it, but I can't. I haven't had success playing out of the back. There are all the team instructions in and out of possession. Uh, my conclusion is that we know a lot, but we also don't know a lot. And we're also very confused, but we've only been about two weeks into it. So what when it comes to testing, boys, and maybe finding out what your team's good at, what your team's bad at, do you just pick a team, maybe maybe like your mate's team, for example, and just drill like 10, 15 games, make a change? Or do you do you make small changes to identify strengths, the weaknesses and change of team instructions? How do you boys approach sort of like the tweaking part? The, the and, testing. Yeah, I the think, testing. I think Taggart is more of a, a pro in this than me. So I'll let him go first and then see what I would do. Yeah, I um, well, friendly quite a bit, but when the instructions first came out, honestly, the first thing I did was, how does Manchester United play? Put it in there. It did better than I expected. I made bigger swings early on, but I've been the more controlled, making a small adjustment at a time, kind of getting as far as just starting with the formation, completely balanced, completely 50-50, and then playing two or three games, kind of seeing how it goes make a small adjustment, another two or three games, see how it goes, either adjust back or make another adjustment, two or three games, and then just drilling in on one team, basically, maybe a second or third if I feel, feel like I figured something out, just to see how it does against somebody else. It is very much getting in, playing 10 to 15 games, making small adjustments at a time, actually watching the matches to see kind of where 
the plays and the field of play. If I'm more on the opposition half, more in my half, if it's end to end, if there's any relevant stats, like for me, one of the formations I've been messing around with is the four, two, three, one. And it seems like if I could get 60% possession or around there in the four, two, three, one, I'm very unlikely to lose. Seems like I win most of those matches, but if I'm like 55% or lower, it seems like my likelihood of losing goes up significantly. So, I mean, it's a small gap between 55 and 60%, but it seems like it's about half an XG on average without actually tracking what the XG and all the stats are. Well, I've speaking about testing like uh, or identifying strengths, weaknesses, I did not, let's say right now, test a lot, but I tend to do the, like testing against my own team. So I can select both tactics, both team instructions. And it's where I run a lot of friendlies and tweak. Maybe first like a big, a big changes, then tweak some little things and just keep playing it. Write down all the stats, see how I average on shots, how I average on XG. I think you just have to play that a lot. And then you see kind of a, a trend, spot those trends and then play around with this. But yeah, the problem is there's so many d- different uh, options, right? Formations and instructions that it's hard to, to, to really get a good sense, I think, of what will work against most teams. But yeah, we'll have to see. Are you, Jimbo? Yeah, I, I like to pick a couple of for, formations that I will consistently run. So for me at the moment, it's four two three one four one two one two. Now the positional familiarity has come into play. It's not so much four three three. I used to play that quite a bit. Um, maybe I do tamper with three five two. And then when I run a lot of tests and make small changes, I think I'm more looking at did I make this worse than did I like make it better? I'm like right because most of the time my changes I end up getting blitzed. Um, and I try and make small, uh, at the moment I'm still in that phase of I make big changes, make big changes and then narrow it down, make smaller and smaller ones. Like find something that works well, then practice and practice and practice. At the moment, actually, let me just rock up what I'm actually going at the moment, actually. So at the moment, rocking four, two, three, one in possession, most is balanced apart from cross less often, take less shots in terms of out of possession, everything is in the middle or the same balanced apart from team depth i keep all the trigger aggressiveness clearances um but i think at the moment i'm still trying to focus on my squad my lineups rather than how do i counter upcoming team how do i how do i identify their strengths or their weaknesses at the moment it's very much on the wyverns and my other team looking at their strengths and weaknesses which is just from maybe looking at XGs, maybe taking like a, a five game running average or moving average, should I say, of those. I don't really, I've always been in the bar, I don't like making knee jerk reactions. Oh, I lost this game, I've got to change it. I will usually run about five, six in a row minimum and then change something. I just, I think you've got to have, you've got to have, or even go to 10, right? Then you've got a good, a good round number to look at it. Yeah. Lots of I, testing, I basically. I think at least, at least 10 would be an okay sample to, to work with. Yeah. But yeah, I, and I'm, I'm very like yeah, tempted to, to make those knee-jerk reactions, so I really need to 
restrain myself to yeah do proper testing and then make an informed choice based on that just mess around with it and hope to see something i get lucky or something i think more interesting is talking about future instructions do we miss some instruction right now that we would like to to tell our players so Taggart, are you missing an instruction are you would you like to tell your players something more than this I would, love, fullback. <laughs> I would love individual player roles so i could say hey like you're saying you have your right mid who's really high dribble and the other one's left mid's lower defense I want my right mid to push up higher into attack while my left mid kind of hangs back in the midfield a little bit to cover. So it might take that like 4-4-2 and you put your right mid up and you kind of turn into a more 4-3-3 in the final third. So I'd love individual player instructions and I'd also, rather than just in possession, out of possession, I'd love to have like in possession, build up out of the back, in possession, midfield, in, in, in possession, final third, and like out of possession, it's like, all right, um, when do you tr- when do you press? Are you pressing the sideline? Are you trying to press when they play it back to the goalie? Give like more individual instru- like pressing instructions, and then it's also just basically, yeah, compactness, weak side defense. Is it who's picking up? Is it going to be the left mid or the left back that's going to pick up? The overlap, do you have your defensive mid dropping in a little bit deeper to help with the back line? Or are they kind of saying, I would love more kind of individualistic instructions. But yeah. that's because I'm also a nerd. And then you'd have people like <laughs> Ronan and Frequent Turkey who would go, oh my God, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm screwing this up somehow. I know it. I, think I, it, I love individual individual player tactics. From my perspective, some of the other team instructions I'd like to see on a bit more high level sort of approach, we'll call it. Things like offside traps, do you want to play that or not? Like offside trap will force counter attacks, that could be nice having as an option. I also think marking style could be something zonal or man to man, if that's from corners. You know, there may be simple things that could have an influence on set pieces. I also think, I was thinking of this one just now, like an overall team mentality. So, like, do you just want to play in general, like more attacking football? I know obviously we can technically make those changes with these team instructions, but overall, do you want to park the bus in this game? Do you want to go all out attack this game? But those, maybe like an overall team mentality, I think could be quite nice. Yeah. They're a couple of the ones that I like to see. Yeah, I really, well, I, I was also going to say like those things, a couple more like marking, but individual instructions would really be good. Yeah. So you just spoke about those long shots. If you have, five midfielders taking loads of long shots and four are better shooting but this one guy is really high shooting so maybe he's allowed to do it but those others are not allowed to do it and that one guy can dribble a lot but not those others so that would really yeah help to to make those decisions if you could make it tiny bit bit more yeah, individual and then do some fine tuning that would really be be good and also yeah marking yeah. uh, i would love to to see that that also helps to fine tune defense we go into a whole nother plethora <laughs> of, of universe, <laughs> yeah, dimension of those. I think some some like overarching ones like marking style, offside trap, those ones which just be not. I think that could be added. Nice to have sort mm-hmm. of thing. Tips and tricks, yeah. Well, we already said we are still learning and experimenting, and I don't know if we are in a position to give other people tips and tricks. But what could be maybe a tip 
from your own experience right now you would give starting managers or who are really new to this game? I, I think I'll always go back to this, like, just don't overthink things. I've said it all along throughout this whole podcast, really, is that just keep the faith with some of the stuff you're doing. Don't make massive changes because a couple games aren't going your way. Um, especially, you can maybe do those changes now in the preseason, but you don't want to be making massive changes in the league, especially. And I think another one maybe is like we can now track stats a little bit better. So maybe when it comes to the seasons, I know I'll be doing this, I'll be taking notes down of each XG of the game, for example, and maybe try and tracking like a, a three or five gig moving average and then maybe have like a graph. And then maybe I'll say, right, if it gets to the halfway stage of season, I'm happy with this, I'll make changes here. And then we can have a clear comparison Here's this stats. Here's these stats with ten to nine competitive games, so we're not having you know fifty tests of it and then go for it. Tips: Don't knee jerk reaction and track your league stats or competitive stats. We'll call it. Yeah, that's my two. And just consistency, right? Just stick, yeah. stick to your plan and don't panic. Yeah. Don't trust the process. Trust the process. Back the, yeah. pra- back the process. Trust the boys. Mm-hmm. Let's say, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say tip would be first one would be along the same lines as Jambo is you don't need to go crazy with instructions, at least at first. Start balance and then make a small change. You don't need to really say, as I first did, I want to play, I want to see how this exactly plays. I have no idea what changes actually worked and what didn't. So, um, small changes, uh, try to p- build to build a formation around the players that you have available and to their strengths. I, maybe it's not working too well since my preseason tournament isn't going so well, but I have a lot of <laughs> left mids and right mids that have high passing. So I cross a little bit more. I mean, that's just what I'm doing. I'm still getting shots and expected goals they are just not all going in. So that's something else, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and then my gut and leap of faith is saying pace gets it behind higher lines. So if you're going to face a team that has really fast strikers, a lower line might not be bad. Yeah. So maybe also do some scouting, right? If you have yeah. one team or for your flagship team, do a little bit scouting. If you see they have super fast strikers uh, or what you said before like this weak left back maybe do right flank then to 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 put some pressure on this weak left back so a little bit scouting won't hurt and be consistent trust the process i think those are good tips trust the process process. dirk dilemmas well jimbo we decided we have a question from duff that can be kind of our dilemma for all of us like what to do can you tell us about this question? Yeah, so so Duff sent this Twitter, um, this Twitter in on question, this question on Twitter, X, and he says, in an average match, so not one where you need to get creative, you know, to try and steal a win or versus a high quality team, like a an average game, balanced teams. How many settings do you expect to or change or tinker with versus just like leaving them on balance? I tamper, I 
tinker with instructions during friendlies. So if I feel like I have something that fits, I will typically leave it as it is for the average matchup. So far in the preseason, I think from my base 3-4-3 settings that I've used from friendlies, I've adjusted once or twice for a matchup. I mean, I will tinker in friendlies, but then once I have a base instruction for the formation, I kind of just leave it. Then maybe one or two tweaks if I see something scouting. Yeah, I guess this question is quite focused. I guess the average match right now is cup games because of the the relative, you know, small skill difference between the clubs and how the cups are set out right now. Whereas the piece where Duff asks, you know, he says not in an average game, not to get creative to steal a win or versus high quality team, that could be more during the more in the league, league play yeah. where some people have silver teams that should be in far higher mm-hmm. divisions than they're currently in. We'll do not that. looking at anyone on this screen and podcast right now. Um, but those sort if someone's coming up against you, for example, they'll probably want to tinker more with it because they've they can't just go balanced because chances are they're gonna get absolutely destroyed. So we all we will agree with that if it's an average game, less tinkering. If you're trying to go for a particular outcome, that's where the, yeah. the team instructions like you hone in and make more yeah. changes. I think in general, what we said is like try to not tinker too much. I guess maybe make one or two changes. And in general, like I feel like balance is always a pretty safe, safe choice. So just to yeah. keep everything on default is I think still kind of a decent, decent tactic. But that's my then- gut feeling right now. And his follow-up question is sort of just or same question, but it's two questions. Do you expect that to vary by formation? So do you have some formations that if you play three five two, you would always play low line, or you know, or some some question sort of thing. Under oh, some questions, sorry, Lucas's quest announcement just distracted me from Discord. <laughs> That's why I've sort of been put off there. Do you think that a lot of formations you have like default team instructions, regardless of who you're playing? Or do you sort of say, oh, I'm playing a 4-3-3, let's bring in the meta, like 4-2-3-1. Do you think there's definitely that sort of rock, paper, scissors aspect to it at the moment? Formation-wise, I don't think there's rock, paper, scissors as much as it was before team instructions. Because before, I mean, Yaks and everybody always said that some formations do perform better than others. And then season 0.3, my rule of thumb was I wanted to have a stronger midfield. So I typically went for three five two or four two three one, just to have more bodies in the midfield, and it seemed like the three four three, which I had around a lot previously, got exposed a lot with three in the back. The four in the midfield didn't necessarily outperform or four four two anymore, so the back three was more exposed. So far this season with instructions, I haven't found formation wise anything that necessarily this is better than this this is better than this yeah. i think yeah. there's a lot more it should also uniqueness be for lineups kind of, right? yeah it should be some some i think that's most important that it works that your team instructions work for your formation so mm-hmm. yeah so i think that's more what i feel like yeah i think it'd be easier to answer get a better better answer for that question midway through the season like leagues where you've got to actually make more you're not forced to make more changes but you've got to you're playing a team who is 
there is a chance they're going to be considerably weak or considerably stronger than you. Where you can actually feel, right, I'm playing a stronger team now. These are the options I should be using to best get the most out of my team. Or, you know, for example, Burnley versus Man City. That's not your average matchup. So you should be tinkering with it a bit more. I think we all agree with that sort of theory, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I'm already kind of tinkering a little bit. If I see high paced strikers, I'm playing a lower block right now. Yeah. Just from playing friendlies, it seems like higher blocks, they get behind. So I'm playing a lower block right now. So I think I'll keep that going forward. And if there's anything else I really notice, I'll add that into my tinker bank. <laughs> tinker bank, yeah. Tinker bank. yeah. But yeah, it's like if somebody's playing a low block, I'll usually have either a balanced or more shooting from distance just because I want to get a few more shots off. But yeah, I mean, outside of those two, I haven't noticed anything specific and I don't necessarily think those two are helping me win maybe not as likely to lose but the message is right not too much tinkering but if you do some scouting and especially in the league when you have yeah your your super strong teams and your weaker teams then a couple of changes a bit of tinkering might be beneficial to, to yeah. get a better result but stick with your main tactic and what we said like balance just keeping it balanced is probably also a pretty safe bet uh, to not Tinker too much with things. I guess that's our conclusion um, here. Um, question from our last guest. The question from our last guest is Taggart. What is your favorite shirt number for a football kit? So if I get a jersey, I don't get a number on it. That's just me. But if I'm playing and I have to pick a number for myself, it's either 5 or 20. Don't really know why, other than those were the two numbers I always used when I was growing up playing soccer. I was either 5 or 20, probably because I got, I think I got 20 first and just took that until I couldn't take 20 one year, then I took 5, and then I was either one or the other. And were you like a defender, so did it didn't make sense like with how numbers work in football? Like so defending? my first primary position, I was a keeper and then when i wasn't playing keeper i usually played outside mid and then as i got into teams it was outside mid outside back a little bit of center back if i'm playing now it's more center mid i'm not fast enough to stay on the outside anymore and i don't play enough to be great at tackling so don't trust me as a center back and i've never been a good finisher so i don't play up top so five or twenty and if you had to pick one of those what would you? Have? I go five first. Five first, yeah. yeah. Pick the pick, pick the starting like the starting eleven number rather than like you know, of course. rather rather than twenty. Which, really yeah. <laughs> Although, if I want to choose my number by like the position I most prefer to play, I'd choose six, but I'd still take five. So, <laughs> well, CDM can be five and six, I would say. Yeah. So five, five six, or, or twenty, but yeah, five no, if you have preference. Yeah. So. Yeah, six would be third choice. All right. Six would be third choice. And uh, do you have a question for our next guest? Do you think of one? I actually didn't think about this. So I'm going to go off of our current conversation from this episode. And what's the one tactical thing that stands out to you so far with team instructions? 
whether it's like Highline is really great or really bad, if it's always dribble a lot, always cross a lot, what's the one tactical thing that somebody's just kind of honed in on that they think makes a difference? Touch balls a lot. Got to touch more balls to win. That's the rule this season. All right. Jimbo, anything more to add? To discuss? Negative. 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 I I have one question for Jimbo. Oh, one question for Jimbo. Blooming heck, man. Blooming heck. Yeah, go on. Fire away. So, have you been tracking the Samurai Club this tournament? What, is in Danes? Yeah, you know the the team. Yeah, yeah, I know, because they... (laughs) Because of PTSD from when Dirt Cup finals, <laughs> have I have I have honestly I haven't I to 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 quick quick answers no because I've been I've been out I've been out this weekend so I've been out to travel what is, is what's happening with it? No, no, I just I just know they're your favorite team. You like to say their name a lot, full club name. Oh, okay, here we go. So this is what you're trying to get at. You want me to say the S word again? Uh, no, I my no. Ever since my first hiccup, which is. It wasn't in like plain, plain sight or plain speech. We'll call it. It was a, it was a name, and I, and I had a little bit of a trip up, a little bit of a slip up. It's not like oh. I go, oh yeah, guess what? I really love playing that twenty-two player sport called. We we all know you're a soccer fan just because your favorite candy bar is an adaption of an American candy bar. We already figured it out. I don't get this slander just because, it, but just because it's the equivalent of one that's. It's just. Is it because the equivalent's not that highly rated in America? Is that all it is? No, it's the the English gave us soccer, so the Americans gave you the Mars bar. <laughs> yeah, but then we <laughs> changed the name of it because we realized we couldn't. Because we couldn't. What was it? What was the reason? We we oh, all know rugby, why. Isn't it? Yeah, something rugby. <clears throat> well, I mean. Isn't the creating soccer for coming from the English is adding the er at the end, shortening the word and adding the er at the end. It was association football. So it was soccer rather than taking the first three letters and adding the er to the end. Yeah. And then there's something to do with like something to, something to do with rugby as well. Like we called rugby like association football, something or other. We had to swap it. There is a bit more context around it. End of the yeah, day, it, though, we all agree now a... that what what do you play football with? Your feet and you use a ball, right? What do you kick between a Y-shaped post? Hand egg. Yeah, there we go. We can all agree is, on that one. Is Hand soccer egg. AM still on the air over in England? Oh, I, oh, I've not watched that for a while. What? <laughs> I've not watched that for a while. That used to be a good uh, show, though. Jimmy Bullard, wasn't he? He's a legend. Yeah. I can. I, I don't mind saying it for that because that's not the name of it, and it's funny when it's like I'll say, say it when it's it? like Soccer AM Pro Am, and it's like you know, I, I can say that. I don't mind saying that one. You said it. You I got you to say soccer again. I, yeah. I don't mind saying it in that one because I used to. I I do enjoy that show or when it was on the old the old challenges. Then that that was a good show. That, but um. Well, mission accomplished. The, the real game. The real game. The real game is football, not hand egg. Any other ludicrous questions you're gonna deliver our way? I can think of some, but no. You're not coming back for a third time. <laughs> you say that now. Yeah, that's it. I think so. Taggart, thank you very much for joining us on episode Thanks for having me back. 22. Maybe we might be back for a third time after that little question back then, but it's been a delight to have you on today's episode. Thank you all for listening and getting this far. As always, if you get this far in the episode, 
in the general chat in Discord, hashtag fire, and tag Lucas as well, just to let you know you put that. Um, and we'll see you on the stream tomorrow for the final player hack drop. If not, we'll see you this time next week for an episode of the Wendota Cast. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you.